and welcome back to Are We Can Film After Hours. I'm Zach. And I'm Spyro. And today we have a special guest. It's Mason Phillips. Welcome to the show, Mason. Hi. Okay. Do you have anything oh, else you want to say? I supposed to say? I've been here before. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Long time friend say of, whatever of you me and the podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now we're going to have some <clears> trivia. <throat> Whoever gets it right gets a present. What kind of present is it? Is it the Dragon Ball stress ball? No. I desperately want that. I want it so bad. I could have kept it if I had it in the gutter. Could have. Probably wouldn't have cared. But now I do care. <laughs> Damn. I had a chance. Uh, Homo Deus. What is that book about? I don't know. Mason, if you steal this and I don't notice within a month, you can tell me and then you can have it. Okay, cool. Thanks. Okay, uh, here's the quote. Houston, we have a problem. Apollo 13? Or 11? With Tom Hanks? Is it Apollo 13 or Apollo 11? Apollo 11, bitch. Is it 11? Okay, I trust Mason. It's Apollo 13. We both got it wrong. I know I've, I've seen that movie. I watched it in Mr. Therm's class. Mr. Therm. And everyone said, everyone called him the Therminator, which I think is a pretty cool nickname, pretty but he cool. hated it. Oh. I said, Mr. Pissy Bitch over here doesn't like a cool nickname. Yeah, Mr. Mardino, but. Mr. is a homie. By the way, we're speaking in a hushed tone because our father has scolded us for our moderate for speaking, speaking out of tone. Not my speaking father. Out of my father passed away five years ago. Speaking out of so sorry to hear that, Mason. Yeah. Whoops. All right. Well. Well, we have a. I suppose we, we better start. Hey, you just dropped your phone. We have yeah. a great packed episode for you this week. I saw seven movies this week. How many did you see this weekend? Oh man, I don't want to count them. Looks like ten to me, or nine. Uh, four. You idiot. I'm All right. <laughs> you make me sick. I'm so sorry. Right, uh, wh- when did we leave off? Uh, the three R's was the last thing I talked about. So. Okay. What day is that? And Willy Wonka was the last thing so, we watched. I guess the fourth. So the fourth would be. Cool. We watched this together. Hamilton. Oh, would be Hamilton. Sweet. We did watch the three R's together, but I already talked about that. Okay. So Hamilton. So we watched Hamilton. <clears throat> I've heard of it, listened to it, seen it in the stage, got a backstage tour, saw the actors, went on this revolving stage. You could pretty much call me an expert, so let me hear your talk about Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also did all of those things, <laughs> but I also saw it on the TV and have every word memorized, so yeah, I'm more of an expert. Haven't done that yet, but... Okay. Um, yeah, but I love I love Hamilton. It's my favorite musical of all time. Granted, I've seen about five, but this takes the cake by far. Musical of play. Musical play, yeah. I mean, or would you musical, say musical regardless? Yeah. I haven't seen that many musicals. It is a very yeah, good but musical. I mean, in, in reference to your five numbers. Yeah. I would definitely put it up in the top three for me. Oh, yeah, what's number one or number two? Um, well, number two is Hamilton. Why did you say top two? Because the top, you know, no one says top. So it's top three, top five, top ten. Okay. Number one would be Rent. Rent. Never Very seen good. It. No. What's it about? I saw it too, but I don't. Rent is about a group of uh, struggling young adults in New York City during the 1990s AIDS pandemic. Doing the 1990s AIDS pandemic? It's a during. Oh, sorry. Sorry, maybe I messed up my speech a little bit. Or maybe I just misheard you. Maybe you're a little baby that can't pronounce his R's. I should go to uh, your guys' mom for speech therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Call up Mrs. Riley. 
I mean, uh, 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 Mrs. Blank. Mrs. Cheeseburger Mom. Mrs. Cheeseburger Mom. Nice <laughs> speech therapy. Anyways, I thought it was really, uh, I thought it was really brilliant. Uh, this million, the millionth time around that I've listened to it. Um, the acting is really phenomenal. The acting is just really good all around. Mm. The blocking, the staging, this, I love the revolving stage. It really adds a lot to it. Um, the choreography is on point. I just really love how it has such a modern feel to it. <clears throat> Jeremy Johns, I watched his review and he was like, I thought it was going to be like, oh, we're sitting here and we're signing the declaration. And people people always say, a musical about presidents rapping, that sounds lame. But it does sound lame. Ever. But it is the dopest shit ever. It just is. You just have to listen to it for yourself and stop judging a book by its cover. Um, it's not being stupid and edgy. Except for the book Hamilton, which is incredibly dull. Uh, I could not get through it. Very, very dense. Uh, it's too much information for my taste. But hey, that's just me. I guess I'm just an idiot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but overall, I love Hamilton. Um, and Lin-Manuel Martin is a true genius. The story just fascinates me how he, he read that book and was genuinely shocked that he that no one had written a musical about him before. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even think about it. But him, to him, it was like the most obvious thing ever, and he did it. And it was truly the worldwide phenomenon. Rightfully so. I, I, just, I love it. it. The song, every song is great. I can't say that about any musical but this one. I noticed you gave it four and a half stars. I gave it four and a half stars. Why didn't you yeah. give it five stars? I just, I just overall. I mean, some overall, just, as much as I love the music, some of the lyrics are just make my eyes roll specifically specifically um meet him inside just that intro i just think as much as it's cool that every like bit of dialogue is through music the very intro that grinds my gears it says uh lee do you yield? he shot him in the side yes he yields i'm satisfied when he says i'm satisfied i don't know why it just oh, pisses yeah, me I off i'm it. like you can't I'm satisfied. i get it like it's thematic but come there's just a few moments like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the, the editing was a, just kind of a bit weird. Didn't mm-hmm. go with the timing for some parts. Like, the rhythm of the song mismatched with the editing. And that kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Imagine it would be difficult to film a play because it's not meant to be filmed. It's meant to just be seen straight on. Yeah, yeah it was cool. Most of it was, like, from the wide angle, full sh- full stage. But there was a mm-hmm. lot of close-up um, shots mm-hmm. that added a lot. A lot of emotion. It was just definitely cool seeing it. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it again sometime. It definitely. I mean, the songs all slap. Um, but yeah. And 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 Aaron Burr uh, has a lisp in this, yeah. which apparently Mason told me is, is an intentional character choice. It's quite weird. Yeah, on the CD, as you know, he doesn't have a lisp at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were both very confused as to why mm-hmm. he was. He, I mean, he sounds like. Maybe he just bit his tongue that day. He says, how does the bath turn? Like, it's not that prominent, but mm. it's very, you can tell, yeah, the moment he gets on must, stage. It must have just been a later character choice because the yeah. actual CD was, like, recorded before the show they filmed took place. Mm. But, yeah. Leslie yeah. Odom Jr., who plays Aaron Burr, does not have a lisp in real life. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's weird watching It's weird watching the musical sometimes because I... I, I I do have like every single bit of rhythm like memorized, like even the dialogue. I know like exactly when they say it on beat. So when I watching it on the TV screen, they uh, you watched it with me. It's definitely more. They kind of go 
a half a second offbeat yeah. to add kind of more of a realism. Yeah, it's and weird. I, and I understand that, but it, it definitely is a bit weird when you're so used to hearing the exact rhythms every time, mm-hmm. and they're just a bit off. But it, I get it. It definitely adds a bit more. Makes it more kind of realistic. It makes it seem like they're having the thoughts as they say them instead of reciting them. So mm-hmm. that's about all I have to say. It was really good. I definitely watched it again. But the the audio, um, just overall, it definitely sounds way better in my car. Mm-hmm. Overall, just as you as opposed to recorded. Did you watch it uh, on the uh, home theater setup downstairs or no? We watched room? it at Ben John's house. Oh, Ben John's. On his dirty TV. <laughs> dirty. Another thing is, I wish they. I know where the microphones are there, obviously, to pick up audio, but if it's for a filmed recording, I feel like they should have just recorded it without the mics. It wasn't kinda, a live audience. Yeah. It was an actual show. It probably. wasn't a live audience, but I feel like they could have just done like one with no audience. Yeah. Because even. The, 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 I wish. I really wish it was kind of just an empty audience because there was laughter sometimes. And mm-hmm. I liked it, but. Like it kind of feels better if it's your own viewing and there's not a laugh track and cheers and whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, so a very good, solid nine out of ten. Awesome. What did you get, Mason? Uh, same as Kevin. Four and a half. Okay. All right. Uh, what did you watch on the four? Well, fifth. What did you watch on the fifth? I watched three things on the fifth. <coughs> okay. Did you watch anything on the fifth? Yes, I watched a documentary. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll just do mine first. Okay. I watched a documentary called Just Eat It, I A saw Food it. Waste Story. Saw it. I, I did. It it's completely uh, just, I saw it on actually YouTube on their like free movie thing. They have like a, they have like 50 free movies that are like mm-hmm. random movies. I was like, ah, oh, food waste. Because I'm, right now, I'm, do, I'm, I'm trying to only eat food in our house for 90 days, which I'm almost done with. So, I mean, I'm not obsessed with food waste, but I'm k- kind of in it right now. So I was just like, I'll see how the documentary goes. The documentary was about, like... Did oh. we put the pizza in the fridge? <laughs> in your car right now. Seriously? Yep. Hmm. Doesn't really matter. I'll, I'll put it in after this. Anyways. <clears throat> the documentary is about, like, a couple who decide to, like, only eat food that they've, like, foraged basically or not forged but like dumpster garbage yeah basically do not know why you'd want to do that and they sit and they did it for like six months and so basically they well it was that garbage it was that and like in intercut with like documentary information like every year 10 million people waste food and then it cuts back to the story i don't really like that in documentaries i don't like when they do that it kind of seems like just jarring like they do it in most like change your life with this information documentaries like they have to have like a hook or premise so it's not just like information for a bunch of time but i wish that it was more like smooth of a transition between the different sides of it but yeah the the couple basically no they they did eat literal garbage but what they did but they but what they got is they went like to these giant like wholesale costco type places and they had these giant dumpsters and they kept on finding these giant dumpsters just filled with like dumpster filled with completely unopened like packages of like cereal and like chocolate and bars mm. and, and all this different stuff that's you know taken off the shelf um was so it expired not, no they didn't eat any expired food they it all the stuff that was taken off the shelf uh just i guess was just taken off because they bought too much so they ate right. that and they 
Yeah, so it was really interesting, I guess, just to see how much food's just thrown away at the, at at all these stores that they can't, they like even these stores don't like giving them to homeless shelters because they're afraid they'll get sued. Um, but legally, they... that's just really but, fucked up that we live in that world. Mm-hmm. So they just throw it into a garbage can, and they even like lock the garbage, some of the garbage cans, so people can get into it. And yeah, dumb. it's really like an enormous garbage can like basically like a ship tanker like one of those things or like mm. the thing that michael king goes into in B- batman uh oh, yeah. like one of those just filled with the broom with like random like one of them just had a bunch of hummus just like filled up to the broom one of those giant wow. things so yeah it's pretty crazy but and, and they also had like at one point they brought over their one of their friends and like hey shop around look whatever you want and they had like the whole their whole entire house was, like stuffed to the broom with like all this stuff like mm. boxed items and all, all this stuff so yeah but I didn't. That, that was interesting, but I didn't like the, the filmmaking part of the documentary. It just wasn't very put together, so I gave it two and a half stars. Mm-hmm. That's what really? all I watched on the fifth. Wow. All right. I watched um, the final Adam McKay film. Technically, he has a <coughs> film called Wake Up, We're on Burgundy, which is just, I guess, a compilation of deleted footage from Anchorman, I think, put into like a feature. Um, so I haven't watched that, but that's not really a movie. So. This is technically the last Adam McKay film I've seen. Didn't plan to watch all of his filmography, but I did. Um, and for the most part, I like his filmography. Um, I think my favorite out of them is definitely Anchorman. I really like Anchorman. It's a really solid comedy. And then, I'm just looking at it right now. I'd say probably Talladega Nights. Those are the, the two best. The Will Ferrell <coughs> features. And then, honestly, probably Vice. I like. I like, really, really like Vice. Mm-hmm. And then Anchorman 2 I've only seen once A long time ago But it's not very good It's basically the same exact movie As Anchorman 1 I don't like Step Brothers I didn't think it was funny at all It was just They're just obnoxious I think The other guys was pretty funny And The Big Short was really good too It was very interesting mm-hmm. Um, I, As you know I don't understand anything about the economy It is so complicated to me And I don't even care how it works um, so that, I mean, that's what this movie's about. It's a very economic movie. Um, it definitely to- it told a very interesting story, and I was I was interested the whole time, even though I didn't even know what was going on, kind of. Which is props to the chops, Adam McKay. His you saw have you you saw Vice, right? No, you didn't say. Oh, you should see Vice. Yeah, but he has a very very fun way of presenting things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's very fast paced kind. Of, it's not not act, not as much as Vice. This is definitely slower film than Vice. There's not as much quirkiness. So I, Vice I definitely like better. It like sort of <clears throat> kinetic where everything's constantly just moving all the time. Kind of. I I really liked it because you see, you've seen the poster. I'm literally. You see how that's not loud at all. <laughs> you you've seen the poster right with it's like Steve Carell Christian Bale and they're all I, I thought it was going to be all four of them like, like team up to try to take down but it's like it's four different stories mm-hmm. and they don't even meet actually Christian Bale's story is just completely by himself um, but it, it's very really cool how they do it because Christian Bale kind of predicts the, the spike like two or the drop like two years before it happens and it's a true story so he actually did that it's, it's very interesting and there's there's a couple of really fun parts uh, Ryan Gosling's really good. There's a there's a scene where Steve Carell's character uh, they're like at a some kind of economic whatever meeting of the of big banks or something, 
and uh, one of the one of the guys is doing like a speech and like bragging about his company and Steve Carell's character gets up and he goes uh, what are you what is this blah 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 what are your chances of something I can't remember but he's like we oh, have very good whatever and he's like actually it's zero zero and then he gets a call and he's like oh sorry I gotta take this and he like interrupts the entire meeting and walks out and then Ryan Gosling turns to the camera and he said he actually did that that's a true story that's not made up I thought it was funny, it was funny. Um, and yeah and then there is actually Margot Robbie in a bathtub it's, it's like it's kind of like the one scene in Wolf of Wall Street where Leonardo DiCaprio like talks about how much money he's making he says look I know you don't understand this but here's the, basically the deal we're making more money than we could spend and it was, it was kind of like that because mm. I definitely didn't understand that yet and Margot Robbie in a bathtub with champagne kind of Explains it to the camera. And of course, you're way. saying that because of the b- half in the bag, right? Yes, where they say because, Margot Robbie in the bathtub. I think we've both seen it multiple times, and Jay always says, and they do all these fun things, and they say, here's Margot Robbie in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. They literally say, here's Margot Robbie in a bathtub to explain this. And she mm-hmm. goes, and then it was, here's world famous chef Anthony Bourdain to explain this. Mm-hmm. While he was cutting up, and they actually explained it in a very good way. You could say it's lazy, but I think it's. I thought it was a cool touch. I've never seen any in the, a movie do something like that before. So at this point, it's not overdone, but I could see how it could start to be uh, become more popular. <coughs> in a movie I really like want to see that. That sounds so. The big short. Yeah. It's very interesting. That sounds so awesome. You probably you like economics, right? I love economics. Yeah, you'd, you'd really like it, I think. <laughs> it's full of a great cast, uh, top-notch performances. I really liked Brad Pitt's story. Um, yeah, they, they're all, all four of them are separate stories. I think, yeah, Steve Carell and, um, <clears throat> Ryan Gosling, they have, they meet, um, but, yeah. Does the movie end with a bunch of frogs raining down from the sky? No. Why would that be? Oh, the viewers at home will get it. If they've seen Magnolia, obviously you haven't. I haven't, you're right. Um, yeah, but that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, again, even though I really didn't understand much of what was going on it was it kept me engaged and I think that's very much due to Adam McKay's style of filmmaking I thought it was really good I gave it a 7 out of 10 I really liked it and that's, that's the big short I know Grandpa really liked it no I watched it on Video Depot mm. okay well yeah I still haven't watched any new films what did you watch on the 5th? okay me and Mason both watched the first thing we watched was Robocop mm-hmm. and the Criterion Collection, my beautiful mm-hmm. DVD. Did you and watch any of the special features? No, we didn't. I read the essay that came with it, though. It came with a rated X version, which have I want to watch. Have you ever watched any of the special features on a Criterion? No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I like to read the booklet, but I don't ever watch the special features. Huh. Especially That's not the first round. I know rewatch, maybe I will, but not the first time around. But Robocop was a really solid action film. I really liked it. Um, excuse me. It looks like Kevin's having some acid reflux or something. Yeah. There. Um, I really like the beginning, with the, the the original RoboCop comes out and he's like, he says, he says like, point your gun at point your gun at him, see what happens, and he goes, he points his gun, he says, put your weapon down, you have twenty seconds to comply, and he puts it down, and he goes, you now have fifteen seconds to comply. I was like, oh god. He said, Ted Seconds, and then he just completely unloads, and it was insanely graphic. I was very surprised. Just an absolute bloodbath, and he just stands there getting absolutely massacred by the, the, the original RoboCop. 
and everyone's just hiding. It's quite funny. Um, and I, I really liked the Atwin, you know, the real Robocop. It ve definitely very similar to Terminator, the Terminator films, um, especially the first one. There's a lot of, lot of the same, like, kind of POV shots of, like, tracking the enemy. But did this come out before Terminator or after? I think Terminator was in the 90s, right? Terminator, I think, I think Terminator 2 came out in 1990. I think maybe Terminator 1 came out in, like, 1989 or something. Mm. I don't know. But, yeah, I really liked it. Um, I thought that was cool how they had, like, the the human aspect of Robocop of him trying to, like, figure out who he is and regain his past. I like the scene where he walks through the house and saw his his own memories kind of come back to him, but he still didn't know who, really who he was. Um, it's pretty sad, actually. But the it's a good it's a good commentary and satire on on the world and stuff, business, leaders, politics, and, and whatnot. Um, you should write reviews. I should. <laughs> I put that on the poster. It's a good political satire and whatnot on stuff and things. Um, and I really like the ending too. I thought it was. I, I really loved the whole time when he. Uh, um, the whole point is, uh, per, what's per, per something four objective four is to not kill a directive. Directive four, yeah, is to not kill a leader of that company, and so he goes, all right, and so he puts him as a hostage, like uh, his boss grabs him as a hostage, or he grabs his boss as a hostage, sorry, and it, and the RoboCop is trying to point a gun at him, but he he can't because he can't shoot his boss, and the final line he goes, you're fired, in that moment he goes, thank you shoots him and he falls out the window. I was like, that's awesome. And yeah, I really like, I like the villains too. The boss being like the corporate guy who hired the dad from that Sunday show apparently. <laughs> Mason tells me he's from a funny, funny show. Yep. That Sunday show. But yeah, it was, it was really, what 70s show? <laughs> it was really well shot. It was a very good looking film. I like the, the effects were really good actually. The, the stop motion for the original RoboCop was kind of cheesy, but yeah, it was cute. Um, but the actual like effects of that was only the it was the only real cheesy part. It was the only the only real cheesy part. That actual man RoboCop was really well done. It looked really really res pretty realistic. Do you have any thoughts, Mason? Mm-hmm. When I sat down to watch it, I expected RoboCop to be. Like some stupid uh, movie that doesn't hold up, you know. It's horrible editing, horrible everything. I didn't expect it to be really kind of just stupid, you know. But I watched it and it was actually kind of cool, you know. It was it did it definitely does hold up. Like you said, the stop motion's cheesy, but I think it maybe it was almost intentional. Um, because it, it's it's like a very subtle satire. I didn't realize it was satire mm -hmm. until the end of the movie. And then yeah. Kevin told me it was satire, and I went, oh, I guess it was. It was good. I liked it. Definitely very, very subtle satire. <coughs> I saw and I know you didn't like the very much. I saw it uh, in January of last year, so uh, I can't comment because I was a much dumber back then, cinematically speaking. No mm -hmm. idea what I was talking about. Uh, so I'd have to rewatch. I mean, what, what didn't you enjoy about it though? I, mean, I don't know. It's just a really pretty solid action movie. Really enjoyable. 
they enjoyed it. Um, I, just, I guess I thought it, I don't know. I guess I just wasn't very interested in it. I, just don't, I don't know. I, I, looking back at it, like just for counting what I remember, it seems good, but I don't know. I just guess I didn't like it back then. So I'd have to watch it again. There's the remake, which I probably won't watch. Saw the remake like f f four years ago. I don't think I knew that the first one came out. Well, it was definitely very graphic. Very graphic violence. What else? Very entertaining. And then we watched. Uh, I rewatched uh, Carol Reed's the Fr the Third Man, Orson Welles. Um, the first time I watched it, I thought it was pretty all right. I honestly wasn't paying attention too much. Um, and I didn't like it that much. I gave it a solid, I gave it a seven out of ten. It was probably closer to a six, but this time it was like a really high eight. Wow! Mm -hmm. I really, really <clears throat> liked it this time around. I was really engaged with the mystery of who the third man is and whatnot. Um, and the cinematography is just mm, as pure mm -hmm. cinema. The the beautiful noir, dark shadowy lighting, especially yeah. some of the. Uh, especially when he chases Orson Welles after he finds him. There's the shot of Orson Welles shadowed in yeah. front of him, but you can't mm -hmm. actually see him, and then the, actual, the main character chasing after him. That was a gorgeous shot. Um, it was really, really good. The acting was all great. I loved all the, like, the side characters, of, like the people he met along the way, like the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the, 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 what do you call it? Not Australian. New Zealand? No, not, uh, 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 it starts with an A. Austrian, the Austrian, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Austrian guy, and then the all the German guys. I like the the one random old lady who kept yelling about what, whatever. You gave her a cigarette. She's like, oh, danke, danke. It's funny. Oh yeah, it's funny stuff. Um, and Orson Welles is just, and this is still the, this is still the only thing, this thing I've seen him in. But he really just has such a commanding, like force to him. He's on stage. He's really good, and uh, the um, the Ferris wheel scene again. It really stood out to me when I watched it. When he says, look at all these dots. If I gave you $20,000 for each dot, would you really tell me to keep my money? And then the other line, the most famous line from the movie, it, he goes on the, the speech about... Um, they had a period of of disparity. They had the Dark Ages, and then out came uh, Da Vinci and the Renaissance, and then... Can't remember the country, but then they said they had, and then another country had a thousand years of peace, and they came out with the cuckoo clock. And I said that's a very good point there, Orson Welles, and that apparently that was improvised. So, very good stuff. Um, yeah, I really like the music as well. It does sound straight out of SpongeBob, and they just they just found a guy on the on the street and said, and that's what I read in the Criterion essay. It said they they found some guy in the street playing music and say, hey, you wanna do the music for the film? I thought that very cool. It was very interesting music. It definitely really doesn't go along with the feel of the movie, but it definitely doesn't take anything away, too. I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Mason? Oh, yes. You um, are the proverbial third man in this conversation, would wow. you say? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, the story is not too complex. Yeah. It's very simple, which made it so... The acting had to be great, and it was. It really, the acting was put on the spot. It's been not very such natural acting. Yeah, and then we watched. We actually did watch some of the special features on this one. We w oh yeah, we watched the, the director's thing. 
Yeah, the intro about, to it. Yeah, and he talked about how a movie in color, you don't, you can look at how beautiful the actor's eyes are, or their mm-hmm. beautiful hair, or you can focus on the color instead of the actual acting. But black and white makes it so you have to focus on the acting itself. To, so it was a cool point, and it made me think about that. And it's true. It is true. In more modern movies, it's on the stars, but yeah. back in the yeah. black and white era, it's all about the performances. And I think when I think black and white, you have to put more effort into the uh, planning out the the, the cinematography, yeah, definitely the shot compositions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just very beautiful for that movie. It's really well done. Well, I've seen it too. Yeah, I have. Don't remember. Recommend a rewatch. Yeah. It's only ninety minutes. It's a very easy watch. I really like it. That's awesome. That's all I rewatched on the fifth. Okay. Uh, I, on the sixth. Did you watch anything on the sixth? Did you watch? Did you watch anyone? Nobody watched anything on the sixth. Okay. On the sixth, I uh, finally continued my Disney. Uh, Ultra marathon with your mummy. With my mummy, me and my mummy watch Disney. We watched uh, the next Disney movie, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I saw that. I definitely want, I, love, I love Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. It's so, it's so wholesome. Pooh. I really want to watch that movie. Winnie the Pooh is just such a great guy. And I want to watch um, Christopher Robin. Because, I mean, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Uh huh. It's a good movie. I haven't, I haven't seen it. It's very cute. But I feel like uh, I saw a review or something and they were like, oh, it's like, it's like interesting because it's like Christopher Robin, of course, is imagining. Like play, play, it, it's none of it's supposed. You're supposed to know that it's not real. It's like Christopher Robin just playing with his toys, at the movie, and like, in the in Christopher Robin, they were saying that like Christopher Robin's like. He's uh, like his like depression is like manifesting through Eeyore and stuff or whatever. I haven't seen it, but. Uh, yeah, uh, Christopher Robin was the movie that I watched when the, your friend's grandma died in the theater. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Oh, that was your yeah. friend's grandma. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just remember watching the movie and I went to the bathroom and my manager came running back with a very worried look on his face and then we left the theater and there was an ambulance in front of the theater and then the next day I came and said yo someone died yesterday I was like seriously I was there and it was my friend's grandma that just died in her sleep yeah very peaceful Christopher my friend was joking he said yo he's like e- yours depression kill her <laughs> and that was quite funny that was quite funny well, anyways, yeah, I love I loved uh, Winnie the Pooh. I thought it's just such a great uh, tale. It's very it's very uh, loose with its you know. I mean, it basically doesn't have a fourth wall. It's like throughout the the whole like gimmick of the thing is that all the Disney or all the classic Disney movies start with like the opening up of the book and like once upon a time there was a princess named Cinderella and blah blah blah. This one it's like it's like uh, Winnie the Pooh will like say, oh. The, the narratives are like, and now uh, we move on to chapter 10. And then Winnie the Pooh will be like, oh, am I in that one? And mm-hmm. they'll say, uh, you are, but Tigger's more of the star of this one. And he says, oh, good, at least I'm in it. And then they'll move on to the next chapter. And they'll say, like, uh, a storm was coming along. On page on page 72, the storm rose up to Piglet's head. And on page 74, Piglet started... Uh, um, swimming away anyways yeah I like that it was very fun how they like uh, just basically didn't have a fourth wall and 
just a fun just fun stories inconsequential classic childhood stuff i want to read the the book because i am curious to see like how like similar like uh sort of like self-aware the book is mm. compared to the movie and yeah it's just a fun time i'd recommend everyone watch it i've never seen the movie or i've never seen any of the movies but uh i watched the terrible disney jr show my friends ticker and poo back and rue yeah and back you. in the day which uh it just Ooh, what when where why and how? it's just like it's just like ridiculous how bad kids shows are put together and they're they like treat the kids so dumbly and like if you look at like Winnie the Pooh it's like a smart movie even though it's like just even though it's a sweetness in film it's like has intelligence put behind it and then the Disney Junior shows are like can you name the lollipop color like the movie the original the original (laughs) the original movies were meant for that same age range and yet they're not pandering down to these little kids so I want to dumb our youth yeah sure they really are yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Well, it sounds very fun. Like, I, I like fun. to watch that movie. It sounds very cute. Uh, so now we can move on to the seventh, I guess. What did you watch on the seventh? Technically, we watched this starting on the sixth, but we finished it after midnight. So, um, do the right thing. Mm, very good. We've been going through the criterions. If you can't tell, yeah. I don't. You could tell. Spine told me. Spine order. So yeah, I rewatched Do the Right Thing. I just watched. You this gotta thing. watch my criterions. Sometime, yeah. I just watched this like two weeks ago. And I rewatched it, and I really, really love it. Um, this is just such a great movie. I really love. It kind of is a movie just about a day in the life. There's not really, a real, not really a plot to it until like the third act, really, is when something happens. Um, but it's just, it's just people hanging out. You get to see the relationship with different people, and you kind of feel like you're there in the neighborhood with them, just hanging out with your, mm-hmm. with your, you know, people that you live with. And I, all the characters are just really iconic. Um, Damare. Oh, yeah. I love Damare. Mm-hmm. Mookie, played by Spike Lee, of course. He's really good in it. And Sal, I really like Sal as much as he is a racist. He, he's a great character. And mm-hmm. he, he does have some heart to him. That's the great thing about the movie. It's just, there's different sides to everyone. And it, it, it really addresses race in a very interesting way because the cops are kind of racist towards the black people and then there's a scene where um there's, there's a few black dudes sitting around they're like old best friends pretty much it seems like all they do is just sit and talk around all day because they're just old pals and they're just yeah they hang out all day but and then they, they start to get a conversation about uh this there's this korean couple that owns a grocery store like a block away and they they start talking badly about them they're like oh they just got they're just off the boat in less than a year and they already set up a shop and they go hmm there's racism towards different races and it's mm-hmm. it's just very interesting how there's different angles to it so no one's truly no one's truly perfect which is kind of the title of the movie do the right thing who does the right thing in the movie mm-hmm. um does Mookie do the right thing by throwing the trash can? You don't know what I'm talking about, but... Yeah, I like how you're making direct eye contact with me <laughs> while talking about a movie I've never seen as if I've seen it. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, talking to Mason. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you should make eye contact with him. I just can't. It's weird. <laughs> do you never make eye contact with Mason? No, I don't, I don't know what his eyes look like. Um, but it's yeah, too bad. Every, every character is... Did you get a cut on your shin? Oh, yeah. You did. 
Oh, it's definitely bleeding. What happened? Oh, I can see, like... That's gross. Yeah, do you need a band-aid? What happened? Oh, that didn't happen just now. It happened a while ago, but it opened up again. Just randomly out of nowhere. God. Anyways, yeah. I looked at it, I saw my body. Every character is is very memorable. Um, and the end, the ending is really great too. How he, he says, "I owe you fifty bucks." It's good stuff. And good Radio Rahim. Sorry, Radio yeah. Rahim. Yeah. Any thoughts, Mason? Who me? Yes, you. Couldn't oh, be the one that watched this <clears throat> with me. Well, I you mentioned that it's like a day in the life. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome because it seems like there's no story until it hits you like a truck in the end. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just out of nowhere that now there's cops. You know, I don't know want to spoil it, but yeah. they're just like, you know, this the traumatic thing happens at the end. Yeah. And it's like, that's kind of how it is in real life. Like it doesn't. Just escalate. Tra- traumatic out of things don't just yeah. build up, they just mm-hmm. happen, and then, you know, the community has to deal with it. And it, you know, it just. The talk about the racism and stuff in our daily life. It's it's a good story. It's awesome. Yeah, and I really like I like the two quotes at the end. Mm-hmm. The show one about Martin Luther King, about how peace is the only option, and then it says another one by Malcolm X, kind of directly contradicting that. And I thought that was really yeah. cool. And again, bringing it back to what is the right thing, who's doing the right thing. Yeah. It's just it's just. Actually, a masterpiece, mm-hmm. in my opinion. They constantly bring up the parallel between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Like, there's some characters that you can tell follow Malcolm X more, and then there's some characters that follow Martin Luther King more. And it's cool. And they constantly have Smiley always mm-hmm. talking about Malcolm smile. X and Martin Luther King. Smiley's great. So it's cool. And uh, Giancarlo Esposito's in it. He plays Gus, of course, in Breaking Bad. He's really good in it as well. Apparently a frequent collaborator with Spike Lee back when he was younger. Hmm. And I just really, really love it. I highly recommend it to you, Zach. Sorry, I'm just trying to find a movie to recommend to you. Oh, okay. Can't seem to find one. And then uh, the next thing, me and Mason both watch this as well. Oh, yeah. Part of our, our, our daily routine. I like to shower and then watch the David Lynch weather report. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes he uploads multiple videos every morning. Some It's mostly short films so I watched the David Lynch weather report and then we watched The Adventures of Alan R which was like a minute long just uh, classic Lynchian stuff it was a shriveled head on the ground he says I don't want to go fishing and voiced by David Lynch wow. it's just odd but you just that's just the great thing about him he was quite the weird thing it was it's just it's just the thing about David Lynch he's just a weirdo and I love it um I, I'm very inspired by his filmmaking I like I really like the stuff he makes, and I, 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 I want to make stuff like he does. It just it's very. You're gonna be a very weird person if you do. Odd. Um, I'll still watch your stuff though. Yeah, that's that's about it. I have to say it's just funny. He it's pretty much just a shitpost of cinema. That's how I would describe it. <clears throat> and then, well, did you watch anything else? We watched two other things. In the, um, I did. I think I watched two, three movies on the seventh. Wow. So, well, we could talk about Sherlock Holmes. Did, we both watched Sherlock Holmes. That's true. We both watched Sherlock Holmes on the seventh. The first one? Yeah, we watched that together. As a uh, 
preemptive measure for watching Sherlock Holmes two, mm-hmm. Game of Shadows. Yes. Because Sam recommended it to us. Yes. Shout out Sam. Shout out to Sam. No, you're not listening, but uh. You did indeed give Ex Machina a four out of ten. Uh, and I will always hold that against you. Yeah. I I. Yep. <laughs> I've, I've always uh, I've always wanted I, I've always like, kind of seen this as, uh, I guess as a bad movie for some reason because I was like oh that Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr it sounds bad but it was actually really good yeah he's, thought, he's really good as Sherlock Holmes yeah. he completely like there's not any hint of Tony Stark or anything he has yeah. a really good accent actually I think completely I, changes his voice yeah I think both uh, Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr just kind of like make make or break this movie like without them I, this movie would like suck I mean, it would still be good. Like, the, the another great thing is the like, great, uh, like eighteen eighties mm-hmm. London is like really it's, it's really, really authentic well done. and yeah. like looks great. Great I mean, production, but, and great uh, costumes. Yeah. But, the acting's but all great. Sh- sh- but Robert Downey and Jude Law just have such a great dynamic together, and they're like very, f- very funny together. Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes is, is a f- is f- surprisingly funny. Um, I always thought Sherlock Holmes was like a serious guy. I've never seen anything related to Sherlock Holmes. That's always just in my head, I thought. But like, they were both really funny. And in fact, you know, Watson was more like the straight straight man. man. And Holmes was more of the funny guy. But uh, yeah, just a really interesting film. And I always know this, I always recognize this from like the slow-mo, scratching his ear. I know that he's going to move his hand down there and then I'll punch him in the face. First, tickle his nuts, then spit on his face, then block his elbow. Mm-hmm. Shoot him in the head. Yeah, yeah. I always know for that movie. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen, I've seen the boxing ring one time yeah. before. I think my dad showed it to me years ago. I said that's pretty cool action. Yeah, it's and really, it's really. They cool only stuff. do it twice in that movie, yeah. which is my favorite part of it. I said I think I think they should have done it like maybe twice more. Yeah. Too much is too much, but they only did it like yeah. once and a half. I think, yeah. If they did it a few more times, it would have been cool. But yeah. What? Because <laughs> once and a half was just three months. Yeah. One and a half <laughs> times. Once and a half. Yeah, uh, the other thing I really liked was the music. I love yeah, this, I like love this score. Like it's music. really awesome, and it's it's mm-hmm. a very like it's a very eighteen nineties score. It's by Hans Zimmer, but it feels very it? feels very uh, yeah. um, feels very like time accurate, but also awesome, like accurate to the to the theme of the movie too. Mm-hmm. I thought the the villain though. I mean, the villain is like a joke, not even good at all. I think he's really forgettable. I guess. Yeah. Just kind of like there to like give um, Holmes and Watson something to do. I didn't like. I honestly didn't like the reveal that it was all bullshit at the end. I kind of well like that it was dark magic. I I I I think I would I I like it to be real, um, but I don't like the way they revealed it. Yeah, like, I think it should have been like you find it out with Sherlock Holmes instead of he literally just explains it yeah. to the audience at the end it's yeah. really anticlimactic it's like and really three minutes probably of him just of like, him. Oh, this is what you did to do this and then blah yeah. blah blah and then Kevin was like wait but how did he kill himself and like one scene later Sherlock Holmes is like and this is how he killed himself or faked his death and it was like a hook or something yeah, yeah that part is done I it think it's very lame basically I think the plot is the worst part of the movie. I think that, like the it's just, character, it's just character interactions, the set, the camera is good. Just the mm-hmm. plot is very weak. So, good direction. but I like I like it a lot. Uh, <clears throat> I don't. I th- I gave it three stars. I think it's good. I don't think it's great. But uh, yeah, I give it a seven yeah. out of ten. Mm-hmm. And you watched two other things. Yes, I watched a uh, s- uh, special film, ninety second film in my best picture project. Can you guess what it is? 
Oh, the English patient? Yes, the English patient. I watched What the... were you just doing there? <laughs> well, actually, what were you just doing there? I was just inhaling and exhaling. <clears throat> oh. But you were putting your stomach into you, and you were going... <laughs> okay, no. anyways. That's awesome. Uh, that was just Zach. <laughs> okay. So how did you like the English patient? Uh, I, um... It was good. I think it's one of those uh, big... Sounds boring as hell. Classic. Uh, classic uh, stereotypes of an Oscar bait film. Like, yeah. very, very dramatic. It's an epic. It takes place over the course of many, many years. It's very, like... And then... It's very, like, uh... But I loved you all along, my dear. I loved you. I loved you. You know, like a authentic, you know, 1850s uh, mm-hmm. English play or something. It's a very... It's very just, like standard there's no like there's no like subversion it's just a basic story i mean it's a it's a it's a fine story but it's just not very captivating or anything it's uh just you know i don't know like a movie people talk about thanksgiving and say oh i saw the english patient oh that was very good mm-hmm. and yeah. they don't forget about it don't remember it a month later yeah exactly it's a uh, yeah I, I you know i prefer most or not most, but i prefer a lot of the other ones over that one but that's yeah. very fine it's good I find it's good. He uh, actually was a burn victim in the movie. The movie was like takes place over the force of flashbacks, or because apparently he like lost his memory, and like he every time he remembers something, it flashes back to then. And he was a burn victim, so he looked yet he it'll kind of look like Voldemort a little bit, because mm-hmm. you know I you know it's very it's he he really blends into his role as Voldemort. So sometimes yes. it's hard for me to even see him, but usually it's just like the cheekbone or like the cheeks where you can tell. That's where he finds. Mm. But anyways, uh, yeah, I gave it three stars. So, and then finally, I watched a smashing disappointment of a film, the film directed by Mel Brooks, uh, High Anxiety, which is a parody of supposed to be a parody of uh, Alfred Hitchcock and all his movies. Just all of them? Not all of them, but like his big ones, like Psycho, The Birds, Vertigo. And maybe a couple of others that I haven't seen. I'm not sure. I haven't seen the birds. Rear window. Uh, I think yeah. I think there was something from Rear Window. Rope. No, not rope. Oh, those are the two I've seen then. Yeah. So, but yeah, I thought it was um. Just not funny, basically. Um, there's a couple funny things, but most of it was not very funny. I think um. Mel Brooks works, because his like his his earlier films work because. Of, they have a, they have a core to them. They have like a, a reason to exist. Like Blazing Saddles is like, it's hilarious and funny because of like it's like, making fun of racism and and just making fun yeah and making fun of racism and uh, um, you know the producers it's funny because it's like making fun of um, you know, producers <laughs> producers yeah it's all they always have like a purpose they're always satirizing something this isn't satirizing anything. It's just, it's kind of like, I mean, nowhere near as close to, uh, as bad Kind of as a weird thing to make fun of, uh, just a, yeah. one of the most genius directors yeah, of all time. That's what I'm saying. That's a, yeah. Nowhere near as bad as, uh, 41 Year Old Virgin, but, uh, but it's kind of similar to that, and, like, it's, like, pointless. There's no reason for it. And, but, I mean, he does, he's, he's still Mel Brooks. He's always this classic funny, I mean, I know you have, you know, you haven't seen any, have you? His films, I don't yeah. think so. Well, yeah, but he has, he has a very, I guess, a distinct sort of like silly style. Um, so it still has that style, but it's just there's just no like core or bait root root to it. It's just basically a bunch of scenes mm-hmm. that are p- 
parodying it, and then a couple funny moments. The funniest moment was when they were, they, Mel Brooks is like a psychiatrist. He plays the main character, and he's a psychiatrist. And he's in an interview, and they're talking about, like, for some reason they're talking about, like, like psychology of, like, sex parts or something. Like, bodily sex organs. And, like, a daughter comes in. Two, like, a guy comes in. Sorry, I'm late. And he brings in his two daughters, right, as Mel Brooks is about to say, penis. And so then he stops himself, and he's like, uh, when the, when the male pee-pee uh, is used, and, the, and then there's, and then another guy asks, and, and he's like, uh... Uh, you know, like, I don't know, basically, they just, they just use, they just use, they just use dumb, stupid, childish, uh, uh, substitutes for real medical terms, uh, because there's a child there, mm -hmm. and it's funny, but other than that, let me say, yeah, it's funny, but other than that, it's not very funny. I gave it two stars. Mm. Yeah, so that's all I watched. the worst Mel Brooks movie you've seen so far? Yeah, so far. I think it's, it's, more do you have? Uh, well, I'm ha I have four more, so yeah. But it's it's kind of similar to Silent Movie, like which is funnier but also has no real. What was the purpose. one thing that they say out loud in Silent Movie that made me laugh? Uh, oh, I can't remember, but that was funny. I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Oh well, I guess I'll watch it eventually and find out. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Well, then uh, last night, me and my friend Mason. Oh, he's actually here right now. I don't I'm know right if you know that. Welcome to the. Come on in, Mason. Huh? Thanks. <laughs> Hello. We watched Sydney Lumet's uh, Twelve Angry Men. Mm -hmm. I've heard of it. Yeah. You have, you've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why he said it. I was it's making a, a joke, so, so some people might not it's might not know that you're drinking. Not that you're joking. Oh, okay. Um, but anyways, this is brilliant. Um, absolutely wonderful. I love it. I think we should. Re I think you should review it. Uh, both of you review it one word at a time, though, so okay. you go back and forth. Um, Fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> Good. Good. Cock. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Go on. I Help. think this is brilliantly directed. Um, I watched Chris Duckman's review, and he said the first like five minutes are all one take, and I didn't even notice that first time I watched it, but it, it, it's just so subtly and smoothly done. Yeah. I love when you can't notice long take. I don't like when it's on your face. I like when yeah. it's just like, because if it's in your face, it's like, what's even the point? You're just doing it to show off, but if you can't notice, then it's like, good <laughs> job. Unless there's a reason to do it, like a rope, or 1917, or a Yeah, But those aren't long takes, that's the whole movie. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, this film is one of the best acted movies I've ever seen. Like, mm -hmm. I forgot how well acted yeah. it was. Mm -hmm. It's truly just, like, the most natural, like, flawless acting. You can't, you don't even realize that it's acting, honestly. It just feels so natural. And to think that these are all just lines that people went home and rehearsed, you can't, like, I can't wrap my head around that. It's so well, it's just so well done. Every single person is on point. And it's just, the, the dialogue is just so gripping. And the the whole debate of whether he's guilty or not guilty is, is just really phenomenal and from I remember the when I watched it for the first time I don't know about you but I, I was on everyone else's side I was like yeah he's obviously guilty come on now Henry Fonda but um, just the more things he said and of course the iconic knife scene where he <coughs> slams it down and I, I got chills when I first saw that it was really great <laughs> um, and 
Lee J. Cobb's monologue at the end. Work your life out for these children. He tears it up, and then the moment he does, he looks at it like, what have I just done? It's very good. Mm-hmm. Mason. I think my favorite, I love it, by the way. I love it, but my favorite part is uh, one of the guys, he's very, worth his, it's a hot room, that's the whole point. It's a very hot room, it's a small room. But this guy, he keeps his suit on the whole time, and he just sits there like he's, like he's the best. He thinks he's the smartest. Mm-hmm. And then one line I felt, it was kind of weird at first. He said he, one of the other guy leans over to him and says, "Don't you ever sweat?" And he goes, "No." It's just so weird. And then later, when um, he's being interrogated or not interrogated, but um, the whole thing about the marks on your nose, yeah, about asking him about like, how do you know he's not guilty? Like, blah. blah asking him to say his side and everything, and then they ask him about his glasses and all this. Then you see his little drop of sweat come down his forehead, and then he nervously picks up his handkerchief and just dabs it. I thought that was just so great. It was just so cool. It kind of brought back the line, mm-hmm. and I said, oh, that's cool. I didn't even cool. notice until mention mentioned it on the way home today. Yeah, so I love um, it. It's awesome. It's just such clever word. Yeah, like, just clever writing. Like, also, oh. I like the scene where he says, yeah, like, when he says, like, I swear I could kill you right now. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. Yeah, no, you didn't really mean. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's like, just such intelligent baits him multiple times with the bear. When he says the thing about the old man, he says, "Oh, he's so old. He probably doesn't can't take anything he says for as the truth." And everyone looks at him like, oh, "You just proved your point, buddy." Um, and my probably my favorite shot of the entire movie, one of my favorite shots ever, is when the guy goes on that that racist rant, and everyone starts to. One by one, get up, and they're all facing away from oh, yeah. him. That's just one of the best shots I've ever seen. It's really, really great. And um, what else? There's just so much good about it. every every character. Even though it's only in ninety minutes, every character has like their own thing. I, I especially love the one, the one guy that comes from the slums, and everyone, Lee J. Cobb, when he says, "Oh, you just had to." just had to vote not guilty after he heard his sob story, but he wasn't even the one that voted it. Lee Jacob's just a bitch. Um, it's just really, really great. And the the one guy, the baseball fan, who just kind of goes whichever the way, because he has, he's just a piece of poop. He has no morals. He's just kind of going with the, what, when everyone else yeah. wants, he just wants to get home. It's like, this is a man's life on the line here. Yeah, I like some the, more thought into it. Mm-hmm. I like the part where he, uh, where he votes not guilty, and then you kind of see why. He mm-hmm. kind of lets on that he doesn't know why he votes guilty, but he lets on that because he just wants to go home. Mm-hmm. And then the people who are, you know, rallying to get this guy to be not guilty, they said, like, don't vote not guilty because you want to go home. Vote not guilty because you actually believe he's not guilty. Mm-hmm. And they almost, at the when I watched it, I almost thought that they were going to make him change his vote back to mm-hmm. guilty. Because yeah. he didn't mean it. It's kind of strange, yeah. but it's cool. Yeah, I did like how the the one guy, the salesman, changes his vote back to back to guilty. Oh, yeah. I thought it was cool because not it wasn't all just uniform. When he changes it back to guilty, and then he changes it back to not guilty mm-hmm. again. It was really great. And then yeah, the, obviously the final the final scene with Lee J. Cobb is very beautiful. I can see why you cried. I didn't again, but mm-hmm. and then. Even even better, I think, was when he puts the coat on him yeah. without any words, and he just walks away. It is simply just one of the best movies ever. I think, usually, with 
usually with those kind of movies it's, not, it's like I'm not like crying like at the scene I'm crying like at the movie like all together like the same thing with Mr. Smith Goes to Washington just like wow it's like such a amazing thing together it's like it all comes to to a head just like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington mm-hmm. and Mr. Smith faints good scene oh, I haven't seen it good scene but yeah just, there's so many yeah. things introduced and they all pay off it's just in those 90 minutes managed to just make something truly great mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of the other versions but I know there's many out there because it's there's you know, the not sitting the Mets original screenplay it's a it's a play yeah it's a play it's just a screen adaptation originally before this came out they did a they had a completely live like no edits teleplay and they just acted out and I watched that one also I think that comes on my yeah. criterion for that one's, I mean... I know they did, they did yeah. one with Jack Lemmon, too, as mm-hmm. juror number nine. Mm-hmm. I watched it, like, one clip of it. It looked pretty good. Yeah. But it's just not the same. You just can't beat the original. You just really can't. Nope. We were actually going to do 12 Angry Men in yeah. theater, but since we had girls, too, it was 12, 12 Angry Jurors. Um, but we were going to do it, but dumb. we couldn't get the actual rights to do it, so mm-hmm. we did Noises Off instead. Yeah. I didn't make the connection between this movie and... The one we were gonna do until yeah, what yesterday or some someone said it. Yeah. Oh, today actually. Ben Ben told me about that when we were in STN, and he said we were gonna they were gonna do twelve angry men last year. I don't year. know how that would have worked. Yeah. What I don't know. Why wouldn't it have worked? I mean, I, mean, I just I don't know. I mean, one set. I mean, the one has been on stage. It's just I think it, it requires a little, really good acting. I don't know. Yeah, probably would have no offense to all my colleagues, but I don't <laughs> no, know. I mean, it wasn't good There were probably acting. two people that could deliver good performances. Yeah, I, mean, the drama I, group. I couldn't have done anything. Yeah. I mean, I played a funny character. That's just who I am. I played a funny character. Yeah. And not really any funny character in that. Yeah. So, but you really need to be on point. Yeah. To make that, make that work. So it's probably a good idea they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. This is only the second time I've seen it now. I, I really love it. It is just perfect. I can't think of anything I have wrong with it. Yep. It's true. And that's all I watched on the 7th. Wow. And this morning, I watched Sherlock Holmes' A Game of Shadows, and I did not like it. Well, I watched it this night, and I did like it. I liked so you it. liked it more I than liked Sherlock it even Holmes. better than the first one. Wow. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I didn't like mine. Well, I liked... Um, so, first of all, I think this one had... I think well, what I read in my review is that I as that I think, um, I think that once you've seen the movie, it gets better, because because it, it has a um, it, ha- it's it has extremely a, convoluted. I could not follow it. I I didn't think it was too convoluted. I think the very I think the beginning, I think the beginning sets up like a shaky foundation because like you have the woman. The woman it was in the last movie handing off like yeah, the Richard box McCann's. and stuff to we don't know who any of the characters are, um, so so you know we don't know who any of these characters are so you're kind of lost in all the scenes. Um, halfway through the movie, I just did a quick Wikipedia I did reminder, too. and that pretty much helped. Pretty much helped me. I mean, usually when I do that, it's like it, nothing new comes to light. It's just like confirming everything I thought, but like. Um, some of the stuff you're just like, well, who are these guys? Doesn't really make any sense. I kind of know, kind of mm-hmm. sort of know, but I'm not sure enough to, to do it. So I mean, that's definitely a bad thing. Uh, you know, it's like, it's just bad writing to make to make it like that. Um, but I can see why Sam. 
I mean, I mean, I could never in a million years think this is my favorite movie of all time, but I can see why Sam might might like it because um, once you once you know who, what who every everyone is and how the plot's gonna go, I think it's just mm-hmm. a really great movie. I think the the um, the well, I think as they did in the first movie, I didn't even talk about it. But I think Sherlock Holmes is kind of a sort of an interesting character besides just like comic relief because you can tell he's sort of like he's sort of like a very sad man and he like his whole like life purpose is to like solve crimes he's kind of been driven slightly mad by it he kind of just goes about his mm-hmm. life um he, he can't let he can't let jude law or watson like get married right i mean he's okay he's you know he's okay with it but he just like can't let them go on their honeymoon he has to like involve them always and uh did you yeah. see the sequel mm-hmm. you I saw the first one i've seen the first one you didn't even say anything the did you like it? The first it was one? so long ago, but I don't. Yeah. Think, I mean, it was good. I was probably, when, I don't, when did it come out? I saw it when it came out. Two thousand nine. Yeah, so I was like eight. eight. Yeah. So. But yeah. Um, what was I saying? I forgot. Something about Jude Law. Yeah. Um, Sherlock well, Holmes like, being a sad. And Sherlock Holmes like uh, like when Jude Law first comes in in the first scene in the first time that we see Watson back again, and uh, the um comes back in and Sherlock is like I, I didn't even notice you were gone like uh, you know, I've just been I guess I've just been so busy with my work I didn't even notice you were gone but you can tell he's like kind of bluffing I think it's kind of interesting like it's not like amazing level like character but like it is kind of interesting like um, Sherlock Holmes's uh, kind of sadness like undertones of being sort of like a sad man who just lives his life to solve crimes and doesn't have a real purpose um but yeah, well, what? You, how come you didn't like it? Well, I I thought I had a, a suspicion before I went into the second movie, thinking it's pretty much gonna be more or less the same movie, mm-hmm. which it kind of was. Uh, why do you say that? It just, I mean, it felt like the. It just felt very similar. I I couldn't tell, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it just felt so, so similar. Like tonally, obviously, it's the same director and same movie but it just felt boring honestly i i'm i'm gonna be honest here i slept for about 40 minutes of the movie <laughs> okay then what part of it huh what part of the movie i fell asleep an hour through okay well you missed like the best part of the movie mm. i really like the train scene that was probably my favorite okay with there's a, did you miss did Robert you Downey Jr. in drag were you awake when during like the forest scene no that's what i saw on the tv i didn't recognize it at all Okay, that scene is amazing. I think you should really watch that again, or rewatch it. That scene is, like, legitimately awesome. It's, like, super good, amazing, like, just, like, on a complete technical level. It's, like, technically superb. Mm-hmm. It's, um, like, you know, that, like, slow motion, like, deciding thing. They, mm-hmm. like, they, they kind of amp that thing, that up to 11, and they show, like, a bat, basically a battle where Watson and Holmes and, and, you know, the other girl are, like, running away. And they, like, they do all these awesome effects where it's, like, super close-up, super close-up shots of, like, guns coming through in slow motion, breaking trees apart and, like, shards of tree bark. And they mm-hmm. have, like, a couple shots that's, like, a, like, Watson, like, running, and it's, like, locked onto him. It looks super awesome. It's just a really cool scene. But, yeah, um... You're probably right. Rewatching it maybe will give me a 
I honestly, had, it was so convoluted for me. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Mission Impossible, the first one. I could not follow the plot at all. And it just got to the point where, like, an hour through, I was like, I have no idea what is going on, and I'm bored out of my mind. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll just have to rewatch it. But I don't oh, feel like saying, rewatching it defi- ever. I was definitely bored for the first half of like first half of it, but I get like, like, over like, in the moment, if I just had to rate it right there, I wouldn't I wouldn't like it. But after I saw the movie, my appreciation of that first half improved. But yeah, I just think it also a much better villain. Although apparently, like the villain in this movie is like the big like famous, like. Hmm. Sherlock Holmes' arch enemy. I haven't read any of the books or anything, so yeah, I don't know. But um, I did. I, I like. What's the villain's name? Doctor Moriarty. Oh yeah, from the show. Moriarty is a big. He's, that's like the main. Yeah. The one with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, it's like the main Sherlock Holmes villain is mm-hmm. Moriarty. Also, Stephen Fry is in it as uh, Sherlock Holmes's brother. Oh, yeah. Apparently, I didn't. I didn't know this, but apparently Stephen Fry ner- uh, read the. Uh, they made a separate British version of the Harry Potter audiobooks, even though Jim Dale's British, and Stephen Fry read the British versions. I want to listen to those ones too, since I'm, I don't know how to get access to them. I, mean, I did. I, I also like the part where uh, he was in the in the little tent with the mine or the gypsy or whatever, whatever you call it, um, and he was like analyzing how to kill the guy in the roof. Mm-hmm. And he did probably like two moves into it, and then the other girl just threw a knife at him. He was like, oh, uh-huh. oh, never mind. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It's also great. When did, oh, did you sleep through like half um, an hour in on, and you missed the rest of the movie? I, I, I watched like the last ten minutes. Did you? S- I, I slept through most. Did you of see it. the part when I read the entire plot summary, but the the part when um when Sherlock Holmes is well, he's like he has his arm injured. Yeah, and and, and he's like with the final villain they're like that he's about to do his whole thing and then he and then he like retaliates and like uh says yeah the Here's other, what I, would I do saw backwards. that it was cool it was they were very uh, equally yeah weird. so then he realized he had to just kind of kill both of them they, yeah they they is basically just like like two seconds of them like if like moriarty smirking at him and they both knew like if we fight it's gonna end i mean obviously it's completely unrealistic because no one can predict the movements that specific but I mean in the context of the movie it's awesome mm-hmm. I think it's just really cool and uh and like he smirks at him and then uh and then Watson comes in and looks at him for a second and then he pulls both of them off that's cool I mean the, the very ending well I don't know I don't care about spoilers for people at home because I don't care but the ending is really cool with uh I mean it doesn't make any sense I don't, I don't know, know how you, I don't know how you survive but it's just didn't they, didn't they do a cool. double fake out death when in like 30 minutes 30 minutes before it ended, you're like, come on, I know you're listening to me, you bastard. Oh, yeah, yes, uh, that happened. Well, that was, um, they sort of, they, I mean, I, I, I'm completely fine with him not dying because it's like, it's like, I just don't like it's just like out a, death. It's just, if you're going to kill someone, kill someone. It's just like a, it's just like a, a, it's just like a, it's just like a what? It's just like a, it's just like the, it's just like a, yes. I can't. I already heard you say just like it. Now I can finish the sentence. Not to say it again. It's hard to. Uh, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's just like a. It's just like a big book series. Like you can't kill the main villain because then yeah. the story's over. So it's like I never expect. When like, when Sherlock Holmes died. I never for a second did I expect him to be dead, and I don't think that, that um, Guy Ritchie is expecting the audience to think he's dead either. I think yeah. it's like. 
I think it's built into it, like, and you expect it. I think it's just cool how it ends with him, you know, going up to the typewriter and adding a question mark to the end. It's just a cool way to end the movie. So, I mean, like, logically it makes no sense, but it's just an awesome way to end the movie. Nice. I saw that Guy Ritchie's not directing the, the third one. Oh, he's not? No, which oh, is sucks. pretty disappointing, which means yeah. it's probably just going to be... Uh, it's the director of Rocket Man who's directing this. Oh, gosh. Yeah, which probably means it's just going to try to mimic the slow motion scenes. Mm-hmm. It's just Guy Ritchie gave a lot of cool style to that movie. Mm-hmm. And the new director, I'm sure, is just going to try to replicate his directing style. And I just think it's silly. This came out, well, since when it will come out, it'll have been a decade since mm-hmm. the Sherlock Holmes Game of Shadows. And it's just it's just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. We don't need it. It's not even from the tin director. Yeah. It's just unnecessary. So, I didn't, it would have been. I didn't know it, that. It would have been a good duology. I mean, if you had him die at the end, that's cool. He died in a good way and saved the day in a really heroic and cool way, and mm-hmm. then it ended. Yeah. But that not in Hollywood, baby. Not in Hollywood. So, maybe maybe I'll rewatch it one day in the future. But I just really thought it was quite, quite boring and quite convoluted. I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Sam and L. You did give X Walk on the ten, so I guess we're equal now. Yeah. Uh, and then you watched, right? And I watched uh, my favorite movie of the week, In the Mouth of Madness, wow. which I thought was really awesome. awesome. I think that's just a great, that's just a great horror film. I think it's just really well, well. Uh, and they well have a review of it, and I can watch it. Yeah, I already watched it. Oh. Just watched it. Just greatly, just wonderfully constructed. Um, review on Letter Red Letter awesome. Media, of course. Mm. It's hard to uh, like review it because it's just that. That's Sam Neill who we were talking about from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just crazy, wacky, wild, fun. Uh, I like the, I like the beginning. Uh, well, yeah, I love the. I love. Uh, have you read or what's that? Do you read Sarah Kane? Yeah, yeah crazy that's eyes. really awesome. Uh, that's a funny line. And then I yeah. Like it. Do you read Sutter Kane? I really want to read Sutter Kane's books. They all sound good. Yeah. Well, you could try Stephen King because it's supposed yeah. to be parody. Yeah. Basically. That is, that is the third thing that they put, they brought it up in their reviews. Like, yeah. They're trying to parody Stephen King, but they also address Stephen King. It's mm-hmm. odd. Yeah. They even they use like the same like Stephen King font like for yeah. his name. But yeah. Uh, I think it's uh I think it's really well sh- shot. Um. I was surprised by how well shot it was. Um, just feels really uh, uh, like my favorite shot is like um, is that scene with the guy with the axe coming in, and it's just yeah, really awesome. It's just very suspense, just very suspenseful because mm-hmm. they're talking, and it's just one cut take. Yeah. And uh, I think all the like crazy like vision and flash scenes are really cool. I yeah, love how he, he keeps going back to the alleyway. Yeah, that that's really that's really awesome. Uh, I love when uh, he says like I'm God now, and he says, "Did I tell you my favorite color is blue?" And then he looks around and everyone's wearing blue, and it's a blue hue and stuff. It's just really awesome. I it's it's hard for me to like critique it, cool. but just I, I like the hotel too. I'm just saying what I like. <laughs> I like, I like. Good review, but by far the, the ending is one of the coolest endings I've seen in a while. Yeah, it's really really cool how it says Fox and the movie's called In the Mouth of Madness mm-hmm. it blew my mind watching I was like that is sick 
and like yeah, it's like the poster outside. It's like mm-hmm. directed by John Carpenter. Yeah. Really awesome, yeah. And I like how he has a bucket of popcorn with him when he comes in. Mm-hmm. It's like he got popcorn. It's funny. But anyways, yeah, just cool. And I like also <laughs> just saying I'm just saying I like I like when he breaks or doesn't I guess um right before like, you know, everything just is ruined and the entire world goes into the apocalypse when uh, the scientist like says after the psychiatrist leaves he says have you read Sutter Kane and it's like oh he's one of them too uh, and uh, yeah and Hayden Christensen's in it the little boy oh is he did you not know that the, yeah and the little boy he talks to after he gets out of the place mm, oh him that's yeah. Hayden Christensen didn't recognize that's a small child yeah. and I would have mentioned that in the review it's just, but yeah. yeah. It's a cool movie. Really fun. Uh, not fun. Really just... It is fun. It's very fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Great, great production good. It's not, like, too... It's not too, like, serious or, like... Like... like um, it's not, like, trying to be art, I guess. It's just, like, a... But it's just, like, perfectly made. It's and like good stuff. What do you think about the movie, awesome. Mason? Have you seen it, Mason? Oh, uh, no. Oh. Uh, watch it. It's really good. In the Mouth of Madness, the John Carpenter film. Oh. Pretty good. I really like it. I'll probably check it out. Um, only, probably never. <laughs> so I'm just being completely honest. That's so sad. But Mason. if I ever happen upon it when I want to watch a movie one night, I'll probably watch it. <laughs> Very good. But I'll never um, actively go out and seek um, the movie to watch it. Mm-hmm. That is my honest um, opinion. Why do you say that, Mason? Um... I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, yeah. This little edgy boy attitude isn't going to work here, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, pal. I'll give you a recommendation because I think you're going to like it. This is actually a church of cinema, and you can't yeah, be... This is a church of cinema. Oh, yeah. That's what they say at the New Beverly. Well, that's what I do, is I make douchebaggy comments. Hope you laugh. Yeah, you're a real douchebag. you just been on your phone this whole time. Mm. I'm reading about the Titanic. <laughs> oh, that's just fun. It's better interesting than our conversation. special. Like kind mm-hmm. of information. Not anything special? Kind of information. Yeah. Well, I guess that about concludes this episode. Oh, Kevin, can't forget. We have to check our email. There will be nothing in there. Boop. Let's see. Uh, the, looks like the most recent email is from Gordon Thompson on May 28th, about 463 Pine Canyon Road. So it looks to me as if no one's written in any emails. So maybe <laughs> someone should write an email. It's been over a month. So maybe someone should write me an email and we could read it on the podcast. So anyways, we'll never stop. I'll never stop trying to read them. So It's time so for the recommendation. So sit down and listen to yeah. the recommendation. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to do that first. If you're thinking, I'm not going to email him so that he'll stop just wasting a minute of the podcast talking about, recommenda- uh, write, talking about emails, rest assured, I'll never stop checking my email. Okay, here's my recommendation. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Big? Have you not? Have you never seen, seen Big? Big? Okay, you've never seen Big. I don't know, Tom Hanks. Yeah, Big. You, you've been recommending that to me since you were like eight. That's not. It's a vast over exaggeration. But yes. Not, Who's in Big? Is that eight. Tom Hanks? Yes, it's Tom Hanks. So I like that one. That's a good. I don't one. remember a time you haven't seen that. Tom, you didn't watch it. No, I can. I, I, I can specifically remember when I watched it. The time when I watched it, so it can't have been that. It sounds old. like a really fun movie. Yeah, it's I really good. Another recommendation for. Me would be in the in the mouth, in the mouth of, of madness. madness by yeah. John Carpenter. Specifically, by John Carpenter, really good movie. Yeah. 
watch it at some point. Because I feel extra bad about how um, edgy I was before. <laughs> I'm trying to right my wrongs, and I will watch the movie at some point. When you're going to film school. You'll think you'll have time to watch movies. Yes. Good to study some good cinema. Study some good, great cinema. So Is that one I will study in class? Probably. I doubt it. It's pretty... Okay. Unless not, it's not that obscure. Unless it's taught by Jay Ballin. Horror movie from the right. 80s. Mm, 90s. That's a pretty good one, though. 90s? Uh, yeah, 1994. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Feels like came out after Jurassic Park. Feels more like 80s. Well, you're an idiot. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did so good. <laughs> we did so good. <laughs> yeah, but that was more playful. Uh, so, Big. next week we'll be talking about Go West. Kevin's favorite movie, right, Kevin? The only movie, right. the only movie that you have on your hydro flask, right, Kevin? I really love Go West. Stuff. You Buster have Keaton. you have one movie related sticker on your hydro flask, and it's Buster Keaton in Go West, yep. your favorite movie, right, Kevin? I've never seen it. And we'll be talking about it next week. Yes, uh, we will. Maybe I should watch it this week just so I can recommend it to you in two weeks so you can watch it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, as we always like to say. Well, no, I'm. Uh, we we'll have to share a letterbox, of course. And mine is Kavian Arroway or Kevin Kubrick. Mine is Zachary Aaron. Mine is uh, Scooby Zoom Fang. Scooby Zoom Fang. That's S C O O B Y Z O O M F A N G. Oh, yeah. Scooby Zoom Fang. Nothing more, nothing less. Don't get it twisted. And that's the truth. Don't get it twisted, bitch. And that's the truth, Ruth. Well, uh. As I always say. That's a reference to do the right thing. Tigers. A very good film. A very, very good film, Amanda. Do you like tigers? Yes, they're one of my favorite animals. I think they're really awesome. That's cool. Okay. As I always say, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Mm-hmm.